Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and tonight... We've got a very special show for you, Valentine's Day, right around the corner. Now it's Wednesday, it's the 12th, this is your boy, Memphis, at DFF Memphis. He's giving you the heads up. You got two days, one, two days to make it happen for that significant person in your life. Have they been leaving hints? Have they been leaving clues? Have they been telling you exactly what they're looking for? If your Valentine's Day doesn't go right and things don't, uh, you know, brown chicken, brown cow the way that you think they should, remember, it's not your boys at the Dynasty War Zone's fault. And based on Valentine's Day, man, we're going to talk about guys who are our sweethearts, some of which are just for 2020, some of which are for your Dynasty roster, and ways to go about acquiring those guys. So this week, all about sweethearts. Be on the lookout for a bonus podcast because you can't have sweethearts without the ones that you had to walk away from. We've all been at some point in our life. Maybe you married your high school sweetheart. Maybe you settled down with that first love of your life and good for you. Hope you're living a great life. But for some of us, we've, uh, we've had that old variety pack in our lives. And, and sometimes things do not work out as we had intended. And you got to cut bait and you got to start over. We're going to have that bonus podcast too, guys that we're looking to cut bait on in 2020. Be on the lookout for that later in the week. I want to make sure I call out the Patreon again every single day. We've added three new Patreons just in the last couple of days, and the group chat continues to get rowdier and rowdier. So if you're interested, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And you can get more information. We're currently in the middle of an actual mock draft series where Jerry and I are putting on our GM caps. And we're talking about potential trades. We're drafting defensive players. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to make it fit. Uh, We actually did two Patreon shows last week. There'll be just one this week. But extra podcast. Uh, We're helping with trades. We're helping build rosters. We've got guys doing startups. It's all heading... uh, Heading in big directions over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. A couple of quick bits of housekeeping. Got to warn you, some of these shows are going to run a little bit longer. Uh, Again, this week we're talking sweethearts. Next week we'll be talking about more rookies. We have the head coaching carousel show coming up. So some of these shows are going to be just a tad longer. Uh, Not always 60 minutes, maybe uh, even up to 75 Maybe once in a while we get crazy and go 90. If it goes longer than that, I'll do my best to edit them into two-parters. But just know that during the offseason, there's so much content with the head coaching changes and free agency pending in about five weeks. And then the rookies. Oh my goodness, all the rookies. So with all that being said, just be aware of the little bit longer shows. 
I want to thank everybody for the five-star reviews. They continue to pile up. Heard from my man, Sad JG. I have not heard from Double Eagle. So if you are Double Eagle 26 and you left a review about 10 days ago, I need you to slide into them Twitter DMs. Got a little something special for you. Again, we appreciate all 100 plus of you that have done a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Again, don't know why Apple iTunes, it just matters. So if you're a droid person and your significant other has an Apple phone, steal it. Uh, No, you're not looking through their messages. You just want to give your favorite Dynasty podcast another five-star review. Last thing before I bring on our guests, make sure that I call out our social media at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. A lot going on on the Twitter. I don't have a whole lot of pictures. Again, maybe I'll post some more pictures of my dog. If you want to see more pictures of my dog, you can follow me at Memphis185 for my personal account. Not a lot going on there either, but tons going on on all of our Twitter information. That's where we keep it popping as it relates dynasty-wise. I'm just going to jump into a show that I already recorded a couple of days ago. Uh, There were two of my favorite guys, and not just two of my favorite fantasy guys, but just two of my favorite guys. My dad always used to use the term good people, and AJ and G of the Aussie Guys podcast, they're just good people easy to talk to, and I often attribute G, and I I will cover this in the body of the show, I often attribute G as one of the guys who helps make me a better dynasty and fantasy player. Why? Because thanks to the WhatsApp, I can call this dude, not anytime, there's a 13-hour time difference between Indianapolis, Indiana, and Melbourne, Australia, but I I know when I can call him, and man, we'll talk 20, 25 minutes. We can't, uh, you know, go to the local tavern and have a pint, but we can sit down and talk fantasy football. So basically what I'm going to do is, is let you guys in on a conversation between me and the Aussies. Again, no Jerry. Uh, he's working his ass off right now. He's got school going on, and, and I'm really proud of that dude. He's an amazing co-host. He wants to be here, but you know you got to take care of business. I've got a little bit more free time, and when you have shows like this to record, you got to do it. So Jerry, I love you. Hope you're having a great week. But man, let's bring on these crazy Australians. And joining me right now, from all the way down in Australia, it is both AJ and G of the Aussie Guys podcast. AJ, G, what's going on, fellas? Oh, mate, uh, great to be on with you, Randers. Memphis, I should say. You don't like the Randers thing because, what is it, Trailer Park Boys or something like that? It's only good because it's from you. (laughs) That's why it matters. To me, that's a term of endearment. So yes, I, 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 I take it as such. Now, for those that are newer to the show that don't know the uh, the Sweet Randers, that goes back to original host of the show, John Sheps. He was a big fan of the TV show. I don't know what channel it aired on, but it was a uh, Trailer Park Boys. Now I've never seen it, and there Neither was a boy. and there was a character entitled Randers. So you can throw that in the Google machine, and there you go. So I am probably sweet. not as handsome as you, though, mate. Uh, he's got what we call here in the States birth control glasses on because (laughs) anyone who wears those glasses will not have to worry about getting anyone pregnant. If you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So yeah, but everybody would probably look pretty good to him. Be like wearing the old beer goggles. It's it's one of those ones that like, if you look at the sun, you'd burn your retinas clear out, clear out of your head. You need need the members of the opposite sex to be wearing them then. Not you. Yeah, not so much. It doesn't work the the other way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Memphis, how you doing? Good. Good. What's what's going on with the eight? What's going on with you guys? I I know you just released a pod. I think it was just last week. A fresh one. Uh, 
Yeah, things have slowed down a little bit. We'll we'll kick it back in. Won't yeah, we? we'll with the end of the fantasy season, we sort of took a break because over here it's um Start it's our school. summer, so it's our yeah. school holidays at the moment. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. But it was for a few weeks, so we took a few weeks off to spend time with our family. And AJ's got two young kids. My kids pretty much are at the age where they don't need dad anymore. They're past all that. But uh, <laughs> so I just gave AJ some time, and you know, families took holidays and and whatnot. So and then we just put out one just before the Super Bowl, uh, and then we got to get you back on. Uh, Memphis, and we've got to get the fellas back on because we have to go back over our predictions pod and see how we all went. I know how you went. I, I did okay. How, how, how did you guys you, do? You did do okay. Well, listen, you know what? We all – the beauty of it is, and this this may be the, be the teacher in me coming out, we all had hits and misses. We all had we all had calls that I think we'll be proud of looking back. It's like your typical fantasy season though. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. And we all had ones that were just like, oh, far out. Did I really say that? But we're willing to accept our yeah. faults and yes. our misses. Correct. Unlike a lot of people in Unlike the fantasy community, which the the the, the misses go dead silent, and uh, the hits are uh, you know they let <laughs> look you know at me, about look that. at me. Yes, so. exactly. But we did all okay. I think I picked the Super Bowl winners. Yeah, uh, I did um, too. So uh, yeah, unfortunately though, I had them up against the Falcons. So I did too. That was a bit of a miss. Yes, I, I think I had them against the Rams, if I remember correctly. I, I think you're right on that, Randy. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but it was still a great Super Bowl. And a lot of people are down on Jimmy G, but I don't think they understand. He's not my sweetheart. That's what we're here talking about tonight. But what people don't understand is that this will actually technically be his second full year in 2020 going into the Shanahan offense because he only played like two or three games in 2019, excuse me, 2018 before the ACL surgery. And we saw Matt Ryan's development in year two of this offense. Now, he's technically been there three years, but he's also, it's been known that guys coming off of ACL surgeries, you know, that's that second year after the surgery. So his leg should be even better. He should be more confident. Now, he was good enough one year off the surgery to get them to the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. But I I think between the the additional recovery time, more time in the offense, this is a team with with some salary cap because they have a lot of young players. Now, they've got a lot of guys to sign. George Kittle's going to break the bank over there in San Francisco. But, 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 but this is a team that I, I think can repeat. It won't be like a lot of teams. And I think there's this misnomer about there being a quote-unquote Super Bowl curse. Did you know that nine out of twelve, uh, nine out of the last 12 Super Bowl runner-ups have made the playoffs the next year? So it's not like they actually just fall off the cliff. No, I wasn't aware of that, but I don't mm. see why they would. It just give you more motivation to get back to following you. I know you climb the mountain and you don't make it and you don't get to plant your flag. But, you know, if you if you listen to – I was watching a um, like a, the mic grabs and the oh, sound yeah. of the game. I was, it went for about 40 minutes. So I just sat there and listened to, the, like, you know, the interaction between the players and mm. whatnot. And, and, mate, Kittle is a, a pretty cool guy. Like, it's he's like, he enjoys the game. To him, it's fun, mm. even when he's on the field. Uh, he accepts – you see him on the sideline talking about, like, how good the opposition – that was that was great, that yeah. was fantastic, that, you know, and all that. And that's that's respectful of who you're playing against. Yeah. He's not like he's dishing them. And then at the end he said, I'm, 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 I'll be back here next year. It's yeah, a you, young you, team you, too. You, yeah, it is a very young, a young team. team. So uh, there's no doubt they'll, they'll definitely be back in the run. But 
as for Jimmy G, I don't know how AJ feels about it, but there was a the sort of the the roadblocks or the that you were concerned about when mm. you saw him um, coming out were the same problems that he had during the year that we spoke about in our preview about yep. under him, pressure. him under pressure. Yep. And if you just watch the game, AJ and I was uh, watching it and we spoke about it every time you see it. And when you see it in slow-mo, he actually – he doesn't like – he really falters. He, he he looks away. He looks down. He closes his eyes. Um and that becomes a real problem. Mm. But you have no idea where you're throwing it, obviously. Uh, and he, and he, that one he threw away. Just if you're oh. gonna, mate, just you gotta just <laughs> eat it. Sometimes eat it exactly. That was a uh, Weird Al Yankovic song back in the day. Just eat it. It was. It, it was too. It, it was fantastic. Deep well, cut. Hell, right? yeah. Deep cut, Randy. Isn't, we, we, isn't it amazing you can come up with a song, just change a few words, and you still make millions. <laughs> and for, and for some reason they can't sue you. So, yes, parody. So, yeah. so, yeah, parody is uh, protected here in the States. So the reason why we're here tonight, we are all gathered here to talk about our 2020 sweethearts. So we're all going to give you a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver and tight end, and one rookie. Now, it's still very early in the rookie process, so we're not going to go too deep on any of these guys. But uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks, and I will throw it to AJ. Oh, you're no, excited. Just, I'm just uh, honored to be first cab off the rank. Uh, and my sweetheart quarterback is, listen, he's a guy that like I've had an on-again, on off-again love affair with. Um, Randy's going to love this. We had some time away from each other. It was getting too intense for a while. <laughs> I think I set expectations that were too high for him, and he just let me down, and I just had to walk away. Ryan Tannehill is my sweetheart quarterback. And... I'm, I look, I, you know what? I'm hearing lots of talk at the moment from maybe media people that just like are just bored. They don't have anything else to talk about. Floating stuff about how the Titans might go and get another quarterback, might do something in free agency or draft a rookie. And that's like, come on. Well, they'd probably go and he, draft a rookie though, wouldn't they? Like you would. You'd be well, silly not to. Oh, I don't know. The, Tannehill took him to the AFC Championship We're gonna game. We're going to keep Mariota around? No. No, we're going to stay with Tannehill is what I'm saying. But yeah. you're, going to, you're going to go and draft, you, you, you know, you well, do the Patriots thing every year. You go and grab a Oh, yeah, sure. You can grab a, yeah, groom him as a backup possible future starter. But Ryan Tannehill, he threw 68.5% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, seven touchdowns, Inception. seven interceptions, I'm sorry. He even ran for 220 yards and got five TDs. Just over 3,000 yards passing, but he didn't play in maybe, I want to say, five games? Six. I think six. But yeah, they still, I mean, he made up for lost time. Could they have done better if he was starting the whole season? Maybe not. I mean, they got to the championship game. So that's fantastic. Well, I know you, uh, Memphis, are a, a fan of, of Tannehill, and, and you could see it as soon as he came on the field, the whole offense looked different. Mm, it did. Every, everybody thought, mate, we actually have a chance. <laughs> we actually have a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield. Now, he's if you just look at pure fantasy stats, if you're just doing that very surface-level analysis, you'll see that he's quarterback 22. And that doesn't tell the story. If you go to points per game, he was quarterback 10 points per game. I'm not saying he's a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson because there's no other – there's only two dudes who are bloody Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But Ryan Tannehill's pretty damn good. 
DLF have him at QB 19, which I think is an injustice. He is 31 years old. He will be 32 start of next season. Big deal. He could have – he's had a renaissance. He could have a good five, six-year QB1 stretch ahead of him. Well, what I like about him is is that if you go to week seven when he became the official starter of the Tennessee Titans, from week seven through week 16 – now, I didn't factor in week 17, but through those three weeks, he was the QB3 overall. <laughs> Only Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen had more points in that stretch. He finished with more points than Jameis Dak – Watson, Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, these are all the guys that were really hot from week seven through week 16. And in the fantasy playoffs, uh, in four point per TD throwing leagues, he had 27, 24, and 24 in your fantasy playoffs. Now, to put that in perspective, uh, if you go to that scoring format, he outscored both Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, barely barely more than Lamar Jackson in, in that final three stretch. But that's how good he was. You know, this is a team that's going to have another year together. There's all kinds of rumors about Tom Brady potentially going there. I don't buy it. At the worst case, you franchise him. But why not give him a three-year deal similar to what Kirk Cousins just got two years ago in Minnesota or similar to what Jimmy G got in San Francisco, that that three-year deal with tons of money up front. And that way, Tennessee would have the the franchise tag to use on Derrick Henry, who thinks he's getting Zeke Elliott money. I, I like the Ryan Tannehill pick. I, I think that's a very good call. Uh, and I'm going to throw it over to your co-host, Mr. G. G, who is your 2020 QB sweetheart? Hey, we have to give it to, to Tannehill, too. He did it with one wide receiver. Mm, true. <laughs> a um, rookie one at that. Uh, I, th- I think that was uh, some, some cheap shade thrown at Corey Davis. <laughs> but we'll, uh, I, I don't do that anymore. I ruffle my buddy Nick Whalen's feathers, so I don't want to do that. Let's just move on to your quarterback, G. Who you got? Oh, well, mate, this was uh, – coming up with my, you know, my other skill positions was easy in that I sat down last night and I just started banging my head against my desk because I was looking at the computer screen going, mate, I seriously have no idea who my – like I, my, my sweetheart has been since I first started watching him at, at Texas Tech and everybody knows who that is obviously then. Um, and, look, that's just stating the, the goddamn obvious, isn't it? And you know, and with what Lamar Jackson did this year, he could he could beat as well. But um, I had to come home today from work a little bit early, mate. One to come on this podcast, and two to have a bit more of a think about my quarterback. And I, mate, I must admit, I really don't know how who to give my Valentine sweetheart card to. I thought about, mate, do I share it round, and hopefully the you know two of them don't find out that I gave a card to each of them, you know, um, and, and get all angry and I end up with nothing, but. Mate, oh, the, the Sean Watson was one, and then I thought I started looking at the strengths of schedule and uh, and who he's playing against next year and whatnot. But I ended up going for Russell Wilson. I, I just every year, so many other quarterbacks get taken, and it will happen again this year. That you know more quarterbacks will be taken above him than than really should be. Um, he he had a he's got a what they call like a neutral um, sort of a quarterback um, schedule next year, hmm. but he's still I think he's like maybe what is he he's the third and they call it neutral, but he's 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 got the third easiest um, of next year, and it was quite interesting before I just go into Wilson, mate, have a list. These are the guys with strengths of schedule, and I it's the guys that are at the top are probably guys you're not even looking at. That's 
you might be looking at Drew Locke, who's at one. Um, the Chargers are at two, and who knows what's going to happen at the Chargers. Um, and then Wilson at three. You got Haskins at Washington at four, and they could they go out and grab another QB and do the Arizona thing. Um, then at five, you have Jameis Winston, and who knows what's happening there. At six, you've got Miami with Fitzmagic and maybe go and get Tua. Um, at seven, you have Daniel Jones. At eight, you have Jackson, uh, the, the Jags with Minshew or Foles, mate, another one, who knows. Then you have Ryan, Watson, Jackson, then we start getting into some, you know, more regular quarterbacks. But you just look at the top seven, you go, Mum, top eight, I'm not grabbing any of those guys except Russell Wilson at three. So he's got a good lineup last year. Finished third in fantasy scoring with um, just over, you know, 4,100 yards, 31 touchdowns, um, which was third. Only five interceptions in the season, which was, I think, it's tied for third. Um, almost 350 yards rushing, three TDs. He had the fifth-best quarterback ranking. Um, his offense was top 10 in points. The defense, now what works for him at the moment was the defense wasn't great this year, and it's probably not going to be great next year as well. So they could be chasing points. Um, and a lot more load will go on the offense. We saw the rise of, of Metcalf. He has Lockett, which is a highly underrated wide receiver. And look, he, he's the, the run game's big for them, which is, you know, Carroll likes to keep it, you know, sort of a pretty even keeled offense, which is probably working against him because he's never going to be like a, a 35, 40 a game throwing type of quarterback but he still puts up these numbers. And I think probably next year there might be to take a little bit away from the defense and not rely on him so much. Let's give the offense something a little bit more. So I'm, I'm sort of crossing my fingers and hoping because that's all we're doing at the moment. Uh, they'll go and grab somebody else in the draft to give uh, those guys uh, a help in the offense. There's even talk of Greg Olson going there. So yeah, I, I just had to pick Russell Wilson. He'll, he'll get my card. I might put a shifty one out to Deshaun Watson just to, you know, it's always good to have a backup sweetheart, mate, you know, just in case the first one falls through. <laughs> now, now you are a piece of work, sir. Uh, I agree. <laughs> and I think it was on Roto World or the NFL feed that Russell Wilson mentioned that he wanted to play in a more up-tempo offense next year. If, if you look at Russell Wilson's the way that his season started, I mean, it, it started off like gangbusters and then all of a sudden it just kind of disappeared, I, I guess, for lack of a better story. Um, down, down the stretch, and the last, well, they had a bye in week 11, and after that bye, he had 9.5 points, 17 points, 10 points, 19 points, 11 points down the stretch, and that's not what you're looking for. Now, to his credit, as an overall QB, he finished as the QB3 in what I like to call basic scoring, which is four points per passing touchdown for a QB. Uh, finished ahead of Dak and Jameis Winston and Josh Allen, but it was a tale of, of two seasons. So I, I hope that he gets his wish. I hope that Will Disley comes back and plays, and if Will can't, I hope that Greg Olson goes there. I think it's great that Greg Olson still wants to play. Now, now you guys went with uh, with some more, I don't say seasoned, but I, I, I went with a very young guy coming off of his rookie season, and that's Daniel Jones. A lot to like about the kid. Uh, only technically played in 11 games due to Eli starting the first couple of games of the season. 
and due to the fact that he injured his ankle for uh, th- th- there was some conspiracy theories I'll use that term conspiracy theories here that they wanted to give Eli a couple of more games because they knew he was going to be retiring and that there was no play where anyone could go back and find the play where Daniel Jones injures himself do you guys know what I'm talking about like typically when a player gets hurt they can identify it they show it on the sports highlight reel so so that was a real mystery but inside of a of an interesting rookie year for Daniel Jones. He still managed to throw 23 passing touchdowns, only 11 INTs. The the one thing that bothers me, but it bothers me less than interceptions, is the fumbles. He was a chronic fumbler. He had three games with two lost fumbles, and he had more than that. I don't remember the exact number of times he put the ball on the ground that either he or a teammate recovered, but that's one thing that I think can be addressed things that I like is that he's mobile. Now, it's always great to get that Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen type quarterback, but Daniel Jones averaged four rushes a game for 23 yards. And in a four point per passing touchdown league, that's that's an extra half a touchdown just with his legs. And he had games where he rushed for 50 yards, 35 twice. So, I mean, he's he's mobile and he had a two rushing TD game. Uh, I like that little extra bonus uh, 62% completion, and, and his wide receiver core plus Saquon Barkley were were banged up a bunch. Sterling Shepard missed several games with concussion issues. Evan Ingram missed basically two-thirds of the season. Mm. A Golden Tate was suspended for four games, and, and the kids still managed to put up three games of more than 28 points, or what I like to consider weak winning scores. So I really like the kid. I've seen mock drafts where they take... Uh, one of these rookie wide receivers in the second round with their fourth overall pick if they don't trade back, because that's the rumor. But if they don't trade back, they are currently projected to take one of the big tackles in this draft class. Gettleman's known for his love of what he likes to call hog mollies, which are the big linemen up on the front of the ball. So I just see this being the opportunity for Daniel Jones to grow. And if you, you play in super flex, and I think all of us do at least one or two of those type leagues, He's the kind of guy that I think you can get very cheap. So because of that, Daniel Jones is my 2020 QB sweetheart. I'm going to go back to G. What do you think about Daniel Jones? And then when you're done, just go right into your running back. Mate, I, I was that was some really good analysis. I might have to go out and start putting out a few bids for him. But um, look, someone coming up will be a team a teammate of his that I, I have uh, in, in my sweethearts. But when you talked about the fumbles, you have to like it's easy to look at the stat line. And go, okay, he had X amount of fumbles, but you have to look at like, mate, was his arm cocked and ready to throw, and you know, and it got knocked out of his hand, or did he, did he, you know, did he tuck the ball away and he doesn't hold on to it, or he it's just not strong enough and it gets punched out or whatever. There's, there's sort of you have to look at how how, how the fumble occurred. So, but mate, I, I I like I like the numbers. Uh, I like the team around him, and as you said, he, yeah, the the offense. Look, I'm not a I like Golden Tate, but I'm not a a massive rap for him. Um, I just not my style of guy. I like a you know, the, the a bit too tough for me. I like a, I like a bit more flash and dash, you know. Um, but yeah, if if you can get back, Evan Ingram was a, a massive out for them. Uh, mate, I, I'm surprised he even. To hear that he even played at all, really, because I have him in my lineups and I didn't stick him in hardly at all this year. It was the um, 
he had the, the the red the red letters next to his name pretty much all year. So if they can get them all together at the same time, very much so. And yeah, the the offensive tackle uh, that's what they're looking at, isn't it? Get them big on the line, get some protection going. Uh, and from what I've been hearing too, if if they if they look at at you know trading out of that spot and maybe dropping down, they've got to be really careful because there's going to be a point around you know the second half depending on how far they drop down, where they think a lineman will just like disappear off the board and all the good guys will go. So they're going to have to be very careful about, you know, uh, if they decide to go backwards and take a deal, just how far do they drop? They might find themselves not getting the, the guy that they want. That, that's true, but I've seen, I think it's either six or eight tackles with first-round grades on them. So I, I think they'll get someone. I think they'll wind up doing a deal like the Colts with like a Carolina Panthers who want to get ahead of the L.A. Chargers to get a quarterback, whether that's Tua, whether that's Herbert. I see them trading up. Uh, the, the Colts got three second-round picks from the Jets so that they could go from three from six to three, and that would be a very similar trade for the Panthers to go from seven to four. So, so yeah. that's certainly in play. And if you only go back to seven, you're still going to get basically. Oh yeah, for sure. You're going to get your choice of, of tackles. But I agree with you. But I'm dying to know who your running back is. Uh, my running back is. Um, if you listen to our podcast, which you probably don't have to because you listen to uh, the Dynasty Wars, and you don't need to listen to us. All the information is right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah, with uh, you and Jerry, but. Mate, we we were talking about the the poor sort of start to the season that Joe Mixon had, and I said, you, seriously, just you could probably go out and get him a little bit cheaper than you will by the end of the year, because I said, I guarantee this guy has far too much talent to drop any further. And as the season went on, he just got better and better. He's playing behind. Well, I think I've got. I think they are ranked. The offensive line's ranked mate, mate, 31 on pro football focus. So that's what he's running behind. It's absolute disaster on off offensive line. No, ranked 30, sorry. And, mate, every player on their offensive line was ranked 50% or below in uh, pro football focus. So they didn't have uh, Jonah Williams last year, so he'll come back next year. He was a num the number 11 pick overall in uh, last year's draft, and he had the um, surgery on the torn labrum. So um, he'll be back, so that'll help. But if you just look at his um, – if you look at uh, his uh, schedule next year, he's he's playing against a lot of teams that are in probably the bottom half uh, against against the run. So he's, he's got the Browns, who are 30th. He's got the Jags, who are 28th. He's got the Giants, who are 20th. He's got the Redskins at 31st, the Texans 24, the Dolphins 27. So his strengths of schedule next year is pretty good. So overall, he's I worked it out that uh, the teams he's playing against next year, his uh, strength of schedule will be, they average about 116 yards a game. Um, he plays three teams that will in the top 10 from this year, and he'll play against five teams that are in the bottom 10 from last year. So I really like that. Um, unfortunately, he plays against the Ravens twice, but you, know, you have to because it's the AFC North rival. Look, he f finished his season with 278 carries, which was fifth. 
um, 11.37 yards, which was ninth, tied for 26 in touchdowns, unfortunately, and averaged 4.1, which, mate, when you think about the line that he was, mate, he was dodging tacklers as he received the ball out of the backfield basically last year. But we saw as the season went on, and once you give him carries, if you give him 20-plus carries, these are the sort of stats that you get out of him. You get the last three of the last four games this season, he went for 162 yards and two touchdowns against the Browns, 136 yards against the Patriots, who had the best defense last year in the league across the board, and 146 yards in the TD once again against the Browns, which is happy because they play them twice every year, so you're pretty happy about that. I, I, I just think you're going to see more of the real player that Joe Mixon is. I think if you look at him, he's only 23 years of age, uh, Memphis. And when you look at, he just, he doesn't seem to have had the workload of a lot of other backs that are going into their fourth season. He just, he hasn't been banged up really. Um, I, I just think it's, it's almost like he's the car that you've bought off the old lady that, you know, drives it to church on Sundays and maybe down the shopping a couple of times a week rather than probably the way you drive or AJ drives, which is just get in it and do donuts and, you know, smoke the tyres up every chance you get and hit that rev limiter in the red as much as possible when changing gears. He just he just seems like that he's he hasn't used a lot of tread on the tyres. He's going into a contract year because he was, a, I think, a second-round pick. There's no fifth-year option on him. So he's, he's playing for money, and I like guys that are playing for money. Well, let, let me hit you with a little couple of things that I like about Joe Mixon. About 99% sure he's going to get a new quarterback in Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Do, do, yep. do you know how many – now, again, the offenses won't be exactly the same, but Joe, some quarterbacks are check down guys and some guys are not. Joe Burrow's running back in college this year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had 55 catches in college – so if, if Joe Burrow is, is willing to check down at that rate in college, I mean, I know it's a narrative and a little bit of extrapolation, but I just see in PPR Joe Mixon just being an absolute monster this year. I think this is his uh, breakout year, and he's one of the hottest buys out there. Also, don't forget that the rookie tackle they drafted last year, Jonah Williams, who got hurt and missed basically the entire season, he'll be back. They'll have other high draft picks. Obviously, if you're drafting one overall, your second round pick. Why didn't you mention that, Jay? Oh, I should have mentioned about Joe. Yeah, Randy. sorry, Randy. You're, uh, you, so he's going to get line help. He's going to get quarterback <laughs> help. The, the Bengals are a bit notorious for being cheap in free agency. But yep. I, I think all the, the things you said, plus the things that I was researching while you were talking, uh, makes me sound very smart. And I think we agree that Joe Mixon <laughs> is, is a you play. Are, you are. It is a play. Uh, I'm going to go to your co-host, Mr. AJ. AJ, what do you think about Joe Mixon, and who is your running back, sweetheart? Yeah, I love – oh, man, I love Joe Mixon. Yeah, big Joe Mixon fan. I've got him on quite a few quite a few teams and have – You actually traded him away to someone. That was a pretty good deal. That was though. in too legit, though, wasn't it? No, that was another league that we play in. Oh, well, I, I got... traded AJ. I have – I play – we play in a, in a league, which is a one-quarterback league. Yes. I have four – Sitting on my bench, I have Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Matt Ryan all sitting on my – I just thought I'm going, to, I'm going to take every QB I can and, and try and get some value. And I gave AJ because he's my mate and he's my co-host here. That was I, a reason, reasonable I, trade. Yeah, I got a first-round first round pick and Joe Mixon for Lamar, 
for Lamar Jackson. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And who won that league? You did. Yes. <laughs> on the back of Lamar Jackson. On the back of Lamar Jackson. I exactly. dare say. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm a big Mixon fan and I do have him in quite a number of places because, as you said, Randy, he's been – he at times has been relatively cheap to acquire and it's usually mid-season. It's not pre-season because the hype builds mm. and it'll happen again. So, yeah, I would say the earlier you can get him, the better. Because you're always going to be playing against build. people, aren't you, that just look at numbers. Correct. They're not, they're not looking at – no O line, they're not looking no, at no, anything no. like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and, and not only that, um, Memphis. Yeah, there's you know AJ Green could be back if they give him some money to come back next year. I know what is he thirty three, something like that. You know, you put him back in the lineup, and you know I'm a big massive fan of of Boyd. That that that's that's starting to look like a really really good offense. And you have you know with Green and Boyd, yeah, you're not you're not worried. You know, you can't keep spying on uh, mixing like they were able to do this year. But we, we, we've, we've spent way too much time on Joe Mixon because I'm dying. I'm, <laughs> I know you're Sorry. good. I'm dying. I'm dying to know who, who AJ took because I haven't well, listen, shared mine I, yet. Listen, when I was looking at the brief for this pod, I know that it wasn't about picking just the best guys in the league or, you know, the layup shots or, or at the same time, it's picking the, right? yeah, it's a sweetheart, mm. right? Now, one of my mantras, uh, I'm not sure if I, this was on your pod that we spoke about this, Randy, or it was somewhere else, can't recall, but uh, one of my mantras is not to give up on guys. Like we've seen the film, we hot on rookies and we mustn't give up on them. Sometimes situations aren't the best. You've got to let it play out sometimes, right, until you, until you get Darryl proven Darryl otherwise. Darryl Perfect example. Yeah, well, I gave up. <laughs> yeah, but that was a long, that was yeah, a that long was, road. That was a long road. Winding road. Anyway, my so I'll I'll cut to the chase. Mine is Justice Hill, and certainly G. Both oh, probably yeah, you yeah. too, Randy. But all of us high on the explosive nature of this guy yep. coming out. Didn't particularly land in a perfect Oof. situation. I mean, with certainly with the emergence of Lamar Jackson, with the as the best running back in the NFL. Who? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, one of them, and Mark Ingram in that offense. It hasn't been the most ideal landing spot. I I do feel like I mean he's only a 22 year old guy, and just like you said with Mixon about the the tread on the tires. Look, man, he hasn't done anything yet, right? So there's no stats or I can really give you or anything like that, apart from to go back to the initial film and we know how good he looks. That Ravens offense is going to be good for years. Lamar Jackson is the real deal. Justice Hill is going to get a go. And Mark Ingram, listen, he was on – He, if you had him in your lineup, you probably got close to winning or won your fantasy championship. But if you look closer at the numbers, the back half of the year was definitely a decline – I don't know what's going to happen next year in terms of that backfield. Uh, I was talking to G about it just before. You know, maybe they get a thumper that they can kind of get to complement. But look, Justice Hill can really work in this offense. They drafted him for a reason. It's not like Bill O'Brien spending a third-round pick on Duke Johnson, who I'm still angry about. Uh, you know, I mean, they got they drafted Justice Hill for a reason. They're going to use this guy. He's explosive, and I think his time will come. Yeah, fast-tempo offense. Yeah, it fits perfectly. I, I, like with AJ. Sorry, uh, Memphis, if I'm diving on you, but when he when he landed there, I said, ah, oh, just 
I actually thought there was a bit of like a bit of heartburn. There was a bit of like, yeah, this could really work with Lamar Jackson. Like, put him in the backfield. Who's gonna Who's gonna run? Yeah. But it just, you know, Lamar Jackson's sort of like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm the best runner out here. I'm I'm taking the football. You know. So, but yeah, second year, third year, just he's more of a dynasty. You hold on to him and absolutely and, and give him his opportunity. Well, the one thing about Justice Hill that people may not realize is that Gus Edwards is a restricted free agent. And Mark Ingram's 30 years old. Yep. Mm-hmm. So th- there is need for cheap young talent. And I don't think that Gus will have too many suitors, but people would, could be looking at the Gus bus. And I, I actually like Lamar Jackson, even though he is the best running back, because, you know, those quarterbacks that run, they're great. Look at how Josh Allen helped Devin Singletary. You know, the linebacker can get frozen, and then they do that little side pitch, that little, I don't call it quite a lateral to the running back and they, they do that read option. And, you know, if there's anyone who's really good at like the ball fake and, you know, faking the handoff and then actually running it or actually handing the ball off, it's Lamar Jackson. And don't forget that when, when Justice Hill was at Oklahoma State, as a true freshman, he stole reps from Chris Carson, who also happens to be a pretty good NFL player. So I'm, uh, I'm firmly on board the Justice Hill bus as well. And as a dynasty owner with a couple of shares, I'm really hoping AJ nails this one. I'm, I'm going to go into mine, and you guys will probably get a kick out of this because he was left for dead this time last year. But Kenyon Drake, now of the Arizona Cardinals, he finished, <laughs> oh, are you laughing at Mr. Drake? Oh, no. I, it's funny because when we do our um, – it's it's ironic that the guy that he went in, like he's gone into a team with DJ. Sorry, I'm kind of stealing your thunder. Go, go Randy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're you're good. He was the RB15 overall, but he had uh, he missed a game with injury and had two bye weeks because he caught the Dolphins bye week and he caught the Cardinals bye week. But from week 9 through week 17, he was the RB4 overall and averaged an average more points per game in that stretch than Zeke Elliott. He was the RB3 in points per game from weeks 9 through 14. And here's the thing, I had this conversation with a friend of mine named Nate the other day. You know, why would the Cardinals, a non-playoff team, why would they give up draft capital to get Kenyon Drake, who they know was going to be a free agent at the end of the season, if they didn't have every intention of re-signing Kenyon Drake? Now, I know he wants to get paid. They proactively went out and got him as a non-contending team because they see him as the right fit for their offense, and I think it showed. He averaged 19.9 PPR points in weeks 9 through 17. I think that's an ascending offense. I really like Kyler uh, more than I thought I would. He looks like, I, I always say this, he looked like a make-a-wish kid out there on the field. But <laughs> but, but but he really came on. Uh, I've seen them mock, uh, mock drafted wide receivers like C.D. Lamb, in some cases Jerry Judy, but I've also seen them mock drafted offensive linemen, which is very important uh, for a team with, a, and this was behind a poor offensive line, by the way. Again, one of the worst per mm. per pro football focus. So again, I, I like it, and I think he's still under the radar enough that if you can, re, if you can get him on a dynasty roster from someone who has got rookie fever for a, a third, I think people will do that when when you know more of these mock draft shows. We just did one a week third? or so ago. Yeah, I, I really relatively. Do. Yeah, he's relatively cheap, for sure. And, and I, I Absolutely. Mean, if you're a contender and he's still very young, he's only going into, I believe, his fourth or fifth season. I mean, sign me up. He, he was taken in the third round by Miami, uh, 73rd overall. Obviously, they thought very highly of him. It's not Kenyon Drake's fault Adam Gase didn't know how to use him. 
So, so that that that's my not, running. Not, back. Not, not the only bloke didn't know how to use Randy. Oh, uh, well, I mean Ryan Tannehill looks pretty good, and mm. uh, you know Devonte Parker, he, he wide receiver one season. I mean, you know, you, you get into that third and fourth occurrence of something, it eventually becomes a trend. So I'm not ready to talk about my anti sweethearts yet, but I've I've fallen out of love with young Mr. Sam Darnold. But since uh, I haven't went first yet. I'm going to transition right to my wide receiver. This should not uh, surprise anybody, but I'm going with my man, Terry McLaren. Run TMC. Nice. And, and the biggest reason why is forget all the stuff um, about how many you know PPR points. I, c- I could hit you with that all day. The number one stat that I want to give you is that his new offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, who is the son of Norv Turner. Uh, Scott was the offensive coordinator in 2019 for the Carolina Panthers. If you noticed a guy who was in his second year as the wide receiver one with poor quarterback play, and DJ Moore had a very good year. DJ Moore was a top 10 dynasty or fantasy wide receiver in points scored going into week 16 against my Colts where he got a concussion and he basically missed the next two games. Scott Turner's offense, even though it was a bad point scoring offense, he was second in pass attempts with a, a busted Kyle Allen, a hurt Cam Newton, and Will Greer. So he's going to have all offseason because he's already in place. He's going to have all offseason to work with Dwayne Haskins. And this is a guy that is just going to pepper Terry McLaren. I love it. I hope Haskins takes that big second-year leap. And even though he wasn't my sweetheart, this is hint, hint, low-key last chance for both to buy Darius Geis and to you know buy him cheap. I, I really think that the Turner family uses a bell cow offense. We hear so much more about the Shanahan family offense and what we just recently had shoved in, into our eyeballs in the playoffs with San Francisco and guys like Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. But on, on a side note, I really, really like this for, for Geis because the Turner family uses a bell cow. Norv did it with guys like Emmett Smith. They did it the last two years combined because Norv was the OC in Carolina 2018. Each Each Turner family member made Christian McCaffrey the RB1 overall two years in a row. Now, I didn't mean to segue off my man Terry McLaren, but this is an offense that I'm very intrigued by. They're going to be behind a lot, throwing a lot. You're going to pay a a fair sum, and if you want to get Terry McLaren in one of your leagues, I would gladly give up the 108, 109 through 112 uh, on the clock, I think that's the kind of deal you can make, and I would rather have the guy, the known that I've seen produce in the NFL, versus maybe someone like, uh, even as someone as talented as Jerry Judy. You never know what situation he's going to land in. Uh, I know there's a ton of wide receivers that I like in this draft, but uh, my man Terry McLaren, he showed me. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one very soon, so that's why he's my sweetheart. I will kick this one to G. Uh, you can tell me what you think about Terry, and uh, tell me about your wide receiver. Mate, you start when you start to sort of go off onto the guys. It reminded me a bit of the uh, the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where Chevy Chase is going out and he's getting hassled with the the rednecks in the truck behind, and he's sort of not paying attention. He finds himself underneath the uh, the truck carrying the logs. He's just sort of got. <laughs> he's just not, so Randers is underneath the truck. He's, he's sort of got got uh, off the rails a little bit. But I thought no, North, no. North, North I, Turner was your wide receiver. I, 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 <laughs> I, the, the whole Tur- I, I'm in love with the whole Turner family because I 
Norv couldn't head coach his way out of a paper bag, but both of these guys, I mean, Scott's got a very limited track record. He's only 37 years old. But in, in their two years in Carolina, and obviously Norv's, Norv's track record is legendary going clear back to 1980s with the Dallas Cowboys. And and I'll, I'll, I'll even reference your guys' show. If you remember in Saquon Barkley's rookie year, we were doing our bold prediction, and I predicted that DJ Moore was going to be the rookie of the year over Saquon. Now, it was a bold take, and I was wrong. But Norv Turner was my reason then. Just like his son, Scott Turner, is my reason now. And we all know Norv's going to be in and around the facility because Norman, uh, Norv, excuse me, and Ron Rivera are good buddies. So I, I, I've done my research. I, I've done my things. I like the talent with Terry. And like I said, if you want to take a last, uh, last shot at Geis, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I've. Uh, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, it's, it's it's not so much the <laughs> mate the talent, mate. Lo- oh, loved yeah. him coming out, but uh, mate, two years of season-ending injuries. It's just you, you get get him cheap. If you got him cheap enough, oh yeah. Well, that, that's the risk you're willing to take. But everything it, at it, its price. Everything has its price, exactly. But uh, as far as tip, mate, I know your love for Terry McLaren, and it, look, it'll come down to the fact that numbers didn't lie what he did this year as a rookie. But you know, going to his second year. You know, defenses sort of have a will have a, a far better grip on the play that he is. So we'll just, you know, well, I'm not I'm not going against you, but there's other guys that I'd probably take ahead of him. But that's okay. No, we're not all the same. We what don't DeAndre the same Hopkins? Place. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll move on to mine, um, Memphis, and uh, I have. And when you spoke about Daniel Jones, uh, the offensive line, uh, his weapons, uh, I've got uh, Darius Slayton as um, a guy that he'll be getting my uh, romantic, you know, uh, card this Valentine's Day. Um, finished uh, the 2019 season with 48 uh, receptions, 740 yards, and eight TDs. Now uh, he missed two games. And if you look what AJ Brown did this year, he went for uh, just over a thousand and eight TDs as well. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, just what? comparing two players. Whether or not you have the other player, I I don't know. But I'm just comparing what and he, okay, he had a couple of like big games where everybody knew who he was. But for most part, just did under the radar. He was a fifth round pick out of Auburn. As I said, the the highs were against the Jets. He had 121 yards and two TDs. And then uh, 154 yards and two Ds versus Philly. So this is like they're the outliers. Okay, you just we we all know that's in, impossible to keep up. It's, it could happen, you know, well, twice last year. It could happen twice again next year. It might happen once. But he had five or more games with 50 plus yards. And now talking about offensive coordinators, here we go. This is one of the reasons as well. And don't laugh, Jason Garrett. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going to laugh. I'm a big fan. Not laugh. Uh, no, I, we we have not done our coaching carousel podcast just yet. It's coming up, but okay. I, I I jumped on the Goat District podcast with uh, Dan Williamson at Overhyped Sleeper a couple weeks ago, covering some of these head coaches' move, and I think it's a low key sneaky move. People only can only remember what they've saw in the last twelve to eighteen months, and people forget that in 2016, Jason Garrett was the head coach of the year. And that in his 13-year offensive coordinator and head coaching career, his offense has finished in the top half of the league like seven times. So he's a low-key underrated offensive hire. Oh, mate. Okay. Why even got me on the show for? 
He just took all my thunder. <laughs> no, I, but I love your right, accent. I, lo- I love your accent. <laughs> Look, Pat, Pat Shermer ran a West Coast system where Garrett is more of a Coriel system, which is a downfield passing system. So if you look at Garrett at the Cowboys, when he was at the OC, and for most of the time he was there, the QBs never ranked any lower than nine uh, when he was calling the offensive plays. He runs about a 60-40 split. So that's just all upside for wide receivers at, at the Giants. Slayton was ranked, he's ranked at the moment, he's ranked the 45th in fantasy pros at wide receiver. There's a few guys in there that I'm going to take after Slayton for sure. And as we spoke about with the O-line, if the O-line can get a bit better, that helps Daniel Jones, which helps Slayton. We've seen the chemistry that the two have. Two rookies is great. You get a rookie quarterback, you get a rookie wide receiver. There's, there's always been something about two guys coming through the system together. So I, I I just think that he's got that he's got that all he needs is and I've said it before if he had an unbelievable one handed catch in the end zone he'd probably have a lot more people talking about him but he doesn't have that yet but he's a rookie he's well on the way he could easily be whether or not how you feel about Tate he could easily be the number one target or number one wide receiver at the Giants next year. I'm a big fan, and if they don't invest that early draft capital and they just kind of roll with that or they bring in a veteran, I, I think I think Slayton is a great pick. So we went two rookies, McLaren and Slayton. Uh, AJ, who who was your wide receiver, sweetheart? Boom. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the the uh, trifecta. The trifecta. And G G let the cat out of the bag slightly, you because I told him before we went into the test. No, well, I, my answer I, was I didn't do that on purpose. I did it because I knew AJ Brown's numbers were, okay. were close. Well, to you just did it again. What, what's what's in case what, anyone might have forgotten that what happened? Okay. <laughs> hey, Randy. AJ's my... talking about AJ. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, I mean, AJ... it's it's the. I mean, what was he going to do? Go DK AJ DK or AJ 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 sounds a lot better. But AJ <laughs> Brown, his currently he's hotter than the surface of the sun. Tell us why AJ. Yeah, well, he is. And so the cat's come out of the bag slightly. But listen, I was high on this guy as a rookie. Love the guy. Love the talent. Love the style of the guy. He had a fantastic rookie season. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's much that I really can or need to say about him because we, we saw it. We saw the skill and the talent evident on the field. After the catchability. Uh, oh, after the catchability. I mean, the guy is really um, – he has so many quality. I mean, look, I wasn't high. DK had a fantastic season. I wasn't high on the style of play. That's not the style of wide receiver I like, like the DK Metcalf. But AJ Brown is exactly the style of wide receiver I like. Um, I'm just sitting here. He, AJ Brown and you, AJ, I'm just comparing. Mate, you, simpatico. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at the, the gap, mate. The gap between you two. That let alone uh, the skin color is just night and day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's that's true of. And we're us not talking about night. To, is what we're yeah. talking about, like the. Okay, the that's gap. enough now. Okay. Because we were talking, <laughs> we were talking about us compared to any of those dudes. Any of the, put me up even against even the most unhealthy O lineman. Oh, we're still talking about be. in our pod. Yeah, we're talking about who would you yeah. go? What what um, defensive lineman, Randy? Would you go up against? It was uh, at the 49ers. 
Like if you who had, would you line up against? Yeah, who would you, who would you want to line up against? Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Solomon, <laughs> the, the, the the kid out of Stanford, Solomon. He's the worst of the bunch. I'll, I'll take my shot with him. He's on the bench. Oh, so I, I, you didn't say starter. <laughs> he did. Armstead, Buckner, Bosa. Uh, definitely not Buckner. D Ford. I think, yeah, I'm, I, I, well, I think I'm taking my shot with D Ford because he plays quote unquote on the line, but he's probably the physically right. the smallest at like six three two forty, which would just truck me into the middle of next week. <laughs> and you're probably just going to get spun like a turnstile, you know. If not <laughs> so, dead, in all honesty. It, it, so anyway, um, look, it's it's kind of oh, I won't say a no brainer. It's just it is kind of. I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. I just love watching the guy. One of my favorite receivers out there right now, for sure. All right. Well, you're already on a roll, so roll right into your tight end, sweetheart. Oh, wow. Well, this is – okay, so this is chalk and cheese right here. But I think that tight end has mm. got the potential to be like that. Like you kind of – there's so many dark horses. <laughs> you've got – well, you've got what, like two or three actual tight ends and then then the rest. Mine's a guy who – listen, he's only 23 years old. He will be 24. Isn't it amazing though? You lose one tight end. We mm. lost Rob Gronkowski, yeah, and twenty five percent of the tight end just <laughs> dropped out. <laughs> it's just gone. That's that's right. He has had a number of things working against him. He's had injuries working against him. He's had the offense and the players around him and the coaching staff all working against him. Ooh. And I'm talking about David and Joku. No, I can't wait to hear this because I, yeah. I mentioned on one of our recent Patreons that I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of, of this guy. I, I think he's one of oh. the, the, the few Browns I would be buying. But tell us more. Oh, woohoo. I thought you were going to say you hate him for a second. I thought you, you were, no, we don't hate anybody. No, 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 I know. Oh, you were fans. down on him. Just not fans. Listen, again, this kind of comes back to rookie pedigree because, again, it's like this is a guy whose film popped. We loved his college tape. He's had, he's got the athleticism, he's got the body to be dominant at the position, much like we said about George Kittle, for example. Like, he's got the physique, he's got the size, the strength to be absolutely dominant in the position. He's just been, he's been let down by Baker, he was let down by Freddie Kitchens, let down by injuries, obviously, just like cutting things short. I think he actually, did he play the first game or first couple of games maybe of the year? No, I think he played. Was it? Was out after the first? I but think he only, I think he only caught like a couple of balls. Yeah, I know. He was, then he yeah, was but out. one of the balls was a great catch. Yes, it was. It was, was gonna, <laughs> here we go. This is a big season. <laughs> I'm in here. I was going to say the season looked good for like a, a millisecond. <laughs> yeah, and then he basically was out for 2019. And and I just think this is a guy that physically is an absolute difference maker and weapon. Well, we all talk. We all. Everybody's talking about Noah Fan. Yeah. Mate, how is how is he any different from Najoku? No one's talking about Najoku. His last year's – well, not even last year's Christmas present. He's a few years and I ago. Think he, I think he's better than Fant. So, and we know how long the tight end pos position takes to kind of really get your head around for for most, for most tight ends, for most it's on mortal tight ends. So you, he's cheap, cheap as chips you could get him. Yep. And I think he's – look – things break the right way, especially if they use him the right way. And I think Baker's going to take a turn up rather than a turn down. I think he's going to get better. I think everything has worked. If you want to go out and get him, everything this year has worked for getting him at a good price. His injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. the way the Browns played, mm. Baker Mayfield, Freddie Kitchens, yeah. you know, everything's just 
you know, he's just getting put in the cart out the front of the shop yep. with the discount sign plastered on it at the moment, yes. I, I feel. But you you like the call, Randy, he said. I, I do. Stefanski, he's, he's a run-the-ball coach. I, I think that the upside for Baker Mayfield is Kirk Cousins. I think we all got, you know, you guys used the term the, the cart before the horse last year when Dynasty mm. Dynasty Services, we'll call them that, were suggesting that Baker was the QB2 overall in a startup. Oh, and oh, th- that that's not him. And, you know, B- Baker's an accurate no. quarterback. Uh, my thing is, is that I hope Njoku shows up ready to play. He fought some injuries last year. But I, I, I think there are targets. I think owners in Dynasty are so bummed out and burnt out on this guy that, again, he's another guy like Kenyon Drake when rookie fever is at its absolute crescendo, which is during your rookie draft. He's the kind of guy, if you throw out that late second, early third to a guy who maybe doesn't have a lot of picks or there's a guy on the clock that you, you know, a player on the board and, and you know, he, he can get him. You know, a dissatisfied customer is a good guy to take advantage of. So I, I mm. like the Njoku call. I think he's attainable uh, at, at a reasonable price. So uh, I'm going to go back to your co-host, uh, Mr. G. Uh, who is your tight end? And I was just going to say, when you're just talking about, like, you know, with the rookie fever and all that, right? if you can hold your water right now and not do trades, because I saw a lot of trades get done at the end of the season based on what just happened. But if you can hold your draft picks for mm. players that you want, mate, people will give you ridiculous oh, yeah. prices. Yeah. Once they you're, you're in your actual rookie draft and you see it every year, everybody's price, mate, goes up. <laughs> your pick price goes up. Players yeah. go up. You know, like someone will have a pick and he goes, oh, man, I've got to wait, you know, 12 more picks yep. or 11 more picks and I won't be able to get this other guy that I really want and there's someone, oh, no one's picked him yet and I'm – Five picks away, and I got this really bad feeling someone's going to go and grab him. And before you know it, he's offering you the world. Well, so just bide your time. Here's the thing: the, the the pick itself is worth more than the player it represents. Yes, and it, it, it's just that scratch off lottery ticket, you know, that pull of a slot machine handle. That that's what it is. I think there's some kind of euphoric feeling that people just have to have to mm-hmm. to make the pick. Because last year I, I did this, and, and I did it by accident, but in uh, using the Dynasty Trade Calculator from our friends Izzy and JP over at the uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator, and I, I put in the pick, and I forget which pick it was, and then I put in the player that I drafted, and there was like a 10% difference in price. And I'm like, mm. wait a second, and those picks are only going to go up, and, and, and that's the whole thing is not to be trading away picks right now. And, you know, no. I, I think, and this has been, you know, a little sidebar before we get into to G's guy. The, the, this has been the the slowest off season for dynasty action that I've seen, and I think it has a lot to do with this 2020 class being a very yeah. good and b very heralded. You know, people have been waiting for this for quite a while, and now that it's almost here, they're setting on their picks. And then there's so much turmoil around the quarterback situation. I mean, there are literally eight to nine teams that could have a new QB. That's a that's a fourth of the league that could have yep. a new QB in, in 2020. So now is not the time. It's a big running back free agent class, not huge wide receivers. For those reasons, if any of the guys that we've brought up tonight intrigue you, now is not the time. Now is the time you would make a bad trade, maybe not maximize value. So wait but I'm tired of waiting. Speaking of waiting, I want to know <laughs> oh, about. Mate. I almost I want to know about G's G's tight end. 
took you down a rubber hole then, didn't I? Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> but, you know, you, you're right. You, you could probably trade somebody in, in the draft for a known commodity for your pick and still get the play you want and you get the guy's next pick. He's mm. willing to go, I'll give away the next one. So that's how it works. My tight end uh, is someone that was given the opportunity because uh, the starting tight end, Delaney Walker, went down, and that's Jarno uh, Smith. I had him high on my tight end when he came out as a rookie. He was a second-round draft pick, so they, they brought him in to the Titans to be the heir apparent to, to Walker. And, and we've seen what happened to Walker. He had the anchor injury this year after you know 12 months removed from the, the, the really bad broken ankle that he had. And, mate, he grabbed it. He grabbed it with both hands. You only, only have to look at – if you want to go and have a look at a size of a guy that can move quickly and accelerate like he does – I'm trying to think of the game that it was. Uh, it was against the the Texans. He he a, uh, he had a 57 yard, just a, you know like a a toss from Tannehill. Go and have a look at that, mate. How he accelerates through the line, and seriously, it took him a while to catch him. They really had to put on the burners to catch a guy at his size. He's got a, he's got large radius. He's physical. He's got a great set of hands. He's Gets yards after the catch. He averaged, um, he actually averaged, he was a second in average, 7.8 yards after the catch. It was second in the NFL. Uh, he was number five in average per reception at 12.7. Wasn't, yeah, you know, when you look at his numbers overall, 29, four, uh, 342, three touchdowns. And look, that all, that was, that was what he got with, with Tannehill after week seven. Obviously, without Walker, all his numbers went up. So he had a career in receptions. He had a career in yards and, and TDs. But he's, this guy's just starting. So um, if you're not too sure, just go and have a look at, at the tape. And they're going to start using him a hell of a lot more because they only have one wide receiver. And I, we talked about Tannehill to start the show. Yeah, Tannehill's going to get resigned there. Like I said, I think he's going to get a three-year deal. And there's no reason in this offense that Janu can't be the second target for affection oh, but behind A.J. Brown. And don't forget yep. their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, used to be their tight ends coach. So you think he might have uh, some plays drawn up for Mr. Janu Smith? Aye, there's, there's, there's his, you know, bit of love for him, that, the, the, the old Valentine's the, Day. Yeah, and uh, the only other guy he would be competing with is Delaney Walker, and he's older than Dirk. <sighs> So uh, I, I want to hit two things. I want to go into mine, and I'm going to go to the Cowboys. But I, real quick, I did a little research while uh, we were talking. We talked about Geis and his uh, knee injuries. Yep. You, you ever heard of a guy named Frank Gore? He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he tore each ACL in back-to-back years in 2002 and 2003. Come on, dude. Don't, no, I'm going I'm to pull you up, mate. I'm going to pull you up. I, I'm, I have to. I, I'm, I'm, I have I'm to. just, I'm just giving you the business, but you know, Frank Gore did go on to, <laughs> did, did go on to have twelve straight RB two or better seasons, including five RB one yeah, seasons. I'm, I, I'm just saying. I, I get. I know, man. I, I, I get it. I get it. And, and yeah, you, we get on really well, so we can have a bit of a, you know, a, a jive at each other. But man, you could pull out of your backside a, a player from whenever that you could compare to. You can always do it, and everybody always. Oh, what about? These two guys, you know, there's been 200 running backs go through the last, you know, five years or whatever. But these two guys, that mate, you're gonna get two out of five, you know, out of five, whatever. You know what I mean? There's always, there's always someone. I, you know, if, I, if you turn around to me and go, mate, I'll give you 
a dozen guys out of the last 10 years, well, then you start to get me, okay, I'll, I'll listen. But if you're going to – people do it all the time, Randy. You know what I'm saying it's about it could be any position. There's always going to be someone, whether it be the negative or the positive, that you can use as an example. You know, like, I, I, I bring it up. I only bring it up to say that just because a guy's had a couple of bad luck years with some knee injuries does not mean his career is over. Oh no! And and, and, and that he, he he could certainly go on and be that. I was just using that at him as a way yeah. as as an outlier. There's probably more. To there's give probably the more guys that have had two major injuries and you, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess I'm just a glass half full kind of guy there, you, Mister. You are, mate. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. You're an optimist. I'm a pessimist. That's okay. That's fine. I, I blame my I blame my mother for that. So that's well, good. She was a saint of a woman for raising you. All right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move on. My, my guy might surprise some people, but my guy is Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys, and there's several several reasons why. One, the Dallas Cowboys only have six draft picks this year. Um, they've got major needs on the defensive side of the ball, including safety, a corner, and they, they, although they do have a lot of money in quote-unquote cap space, they've got to figure out how to pay t- Dak. They want to re-sign Robert Quinn, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, and the other tight end on the roster also happens to be a free agent, and that's Jason Witten. I just think that he's shown enough and Dallas, I don't want to say is limited, but their resources will be somewhat limited from a pick standpoint and from a financial standpoint in free agency. So I could easily say this coaching staff, hey, let's give Blake one year. Let's see what he's got. Uh, he's a somewhat of an athletic guy. He's a 68th percentile athlete. And he's a guy that we've seen flashes. He had a three touchdown game, not in 19, but in 18 against the the Giants. And Randall Cobb's also a free agent, so this could be the guy over the middle, and we did see how Dak was able to use Jason Witten in Dallas. So this is a speculative sweetheart, but a guy that I'm really high on. So, G, uh, what do you think about this? And we're running just a little long, so I want to know about your Sorry, rookie. Man. No, you're good. Just uh, about your rookie as well. Oh, no, my, I, I do like the people because when you look at that, everybody's talking about, like, what's it running back and what, and definitely what's it wide receiver in this class. Tight end ain't one of the positions that – Stacked. No, it's just not. So that that's a really good pick. And when you look at the free agents for you know for this year, what you're going to go out and get Eric Ebron or you know Jason Witten or Tyler Eifert, you're not going to pick. You're not going to grab any of these guys. You know, with the if you got a bit of cash floating around, I certainly wouldn't. But teams do some really weird things. But no, I I, I do like the pick. But okay, so you want to know a rookie? You want to know a rookie? Uh, so I got a bit of a sweetheart. Look, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I'm still doing my wide receivers. I start with the wide receivers because I feel that that's the position that I probably hit on more than any other position. So, you know, I always want to eat my the good things off the plate first before I get to my vegetables. So I'm still going here. I, I like to go pretty deep with my wide receivers. I'll probably look at about 40 guys. But at the moment, there's there's, there's an obvious one, that, and that's T. Higgins out of, out of Clemson. I just – mate, there's always – I, I get sucked in every year by a couple of guys, you know, these these big, you know, six foot four guys, you know, massive wingspans, you know, the, the Martavis Bryant's killed me. Who's who's the other guy that was at uh, the Titans? I can't. Doral Green Beckham. That's right. But that, it's not that I, I blew it on the fact that they were good football players. I blew no. it on the tack that they mentally weren't up yes. to playing the NFL or yeah. giving up, you know, some recreational stuff. But he he's just – 
mate, when you look at him play, he's just the wingspan that I love. He grabs the ball. It's it's a one grab. It's there's there's no patting of the ball. There's no I call it double clutching. There's no double clutching. Those hands just envelop the football. It, it's strong. He moves well for a guy his size. He did have a game against the corner. Who, who's the number one corner coming out uh, uh, at the oh, moment? The kid from I Ohio State, J- Judah? Yeah. I, I, no, I, I'm not pronouncing yeah, it correct. I'm, yeah, oh. I can't pronounce it either. But he did have a game against him, and he held him really well, Higgins. But he still scored a touchdown because, mate, six foot four, 200 pounds with leaping ability and wingspan, you can't stop. Mm. You know, and he was on him for that play. He, look, he's a large strider. He's, he's just a natural ball catcher. I, he he does everything you want. Someone at six foot four. And look, a lot of people talked about Corey Davis when he came out. They sort of like, oh, yeah, he's got that AJ Green sort of look about him. Well, he does until you actually start playing the game. If you stood him side by side in the same uniform, they're probably very similar. But this guy is. I'm not going to say I hate but he's AJ Green. You said he's, he's, but he has more of that sort of look about him. The way he goes up and gets the ball, he doesn't move as well as AJ Green because AJ Green's a, a freak. Mm. But that that's just one guy that that I'm into, and just a, a guy on the side. One is uh, Gabriel Davis out of uh, UFC, um, strong hand catcher. Did you laugh then? I I, I, th- I thought you said UFC like the Ultimate Fighting Challenge. So that that that. that oh, did that, I say UFC? Did I? I thought you did. Or UCF. Sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. I might have uh, dyslexia. <laughs> I, I put it down to. Um, good, great hand catch. I love the way guys that catch the ball out in front, and they allow the, men- the momentum of the ball to bring it into the body. He allows that. Doesn't touch his body. He moves pretty well for his size. Long stride. Chews up yards a lot quicker than you think. These bigger guys. He's got a bit of aggro about him which I, I do like. Uh, and, and if you look at the guys that are succeeding now in the NFL that are coming out as rookies, they do have that sort of mentality of once I've got the ball, I become a, a physical guy. And he certainly has. I think if if you – a little bit on the on – the, no, I'm not going to say softer side, but the less physical side, you sort of get found out when you get to the pros. Um, they just chew that stuff up. Uh, so they're, they're two guys that I, I've got down at the moment, Ran. I, I took T. Higgins in our mock draft show just uh, here recently. And then, uh, AJ, who is your rookie? Well, you know, I, I'm going to just say that I'm very early. I'm not going to give you a name because I'm very early in my watching N- Nobody's timeline. caught your eye? No, nobody's caught your eye? Uh, no, nothing? Oh, nobody that there would be any news to anybody. I mean, I've just kind of watched names. So AJ's more when we put it all together. I sort of look at the offense and, and just glance across to the defense, and AJ does the, you know, the IDP guys. I'm going to do the IDP this year. Uh, really drill down into those dudes, and there's some fantastic, oh, some fantastic defensive guys coming out. But um, it's still early days for me, and I haven't done much, so I'm sorry, not much help. No, no you're good. Um, no, just like this is just a warning for all the good listeners out there. Just like with Valentine's Day, you never want to force it. If it's not there, it's not there. 
Keep it, keep it in your pants, and by that I mean your wallet. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't be out there spending money and, and doing things because you're trying to force it. Just let it go and, and wait until the, the the time is right. The time is right for me. Mine's pretty simple. I think uh, all the listeners who have been listening to our rookie content lately, they know who I'm going to say. I'm going to say Justin Herbert. Um, he's my Daniel Jones, Ooh, my, my my Josh Allen 2.0. <laughs> Supercharges. I, I, you know what? I, 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 if you're lucky, if, if if no one slingshots in front of him and takes him, um, but but you know, I'm glad that you said the Chargers. That's where I have him currently mocked to go. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, anybody, any young quarterback that's going to be on basically a five year deal because they get the fifth year option and franchise tags. But you know, and he gets to work with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. There's a good chance they resign Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. I like their GM Telesco. It's, the offensive line will get better, I'm sure. This is winning football in the, the new era, in 2020. It's these young quarterbacks on rookie deals. He is going to be highly sought after, and I could even see teams attempting to trade up to get into this top five to get him. So he is my guy, and I think that I will single-handedly drive his ADP up through the roof in <laughs> super flex leagues. I don't think I'll get him as cheap as I did Josh Allen two years ago where I was getting him in the late second, early third of rookie drafts. And I don't think I'll get him in the mid to late second like I did Daniel Jones last year. I think people have gotten hip. I think people have taken the bad beats that they've had the last two years by kicking themselves mm-hmm. for passing mm-hmm. on a guy like Daniel Jones or Josh Allen and just say, hey, this is a quarterback drafted in the top half of the NFL draft. They're cheap. Uh, they're not making $35 million bucks a year like guys like Dak want and guys like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are already making, and it eats up a large percentage of your salary cap. So for that reason, keep an eye on these young quarterbacks, but my current one is that. And I'll tell you another thing that I like about Herbert is that he's a 4.0 student. It is known that he loves the game of football, like is passionate about the game of football. And, you know, you, you take a really smart 4.0 student and someone who's passionate about football, you don't get those kind of grades if you don't study real hard. AJ will tell you, he's a teacher. And, you know, he, he's willing to put in the work. I'm pretty excited for this kid. So, rumor has it. Rumor, <laughs> yeah, has, rumor it. has it he's a teacher. Rumor, <laughs> he's our kids the next he's, generation. He, 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 he's an educator. <laughs> well, currently he's educating us about fantasy football. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I want to know. He had a good uh, senior bowl too, didn't he? Um, that's what he did. Yes. And I thought you see the yeah. footage after the game, man. And, he, and he's he's a people's person. Like, mate, the, the opposition players coming up and hugging him and talking and wanted to speak to him. And Yeah, you know, I like that, him. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you can't teach being a good person and a good teammate and, and people wanting to work with you. You know, that's, uh, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot of teammates come out and uh, stick up for a guy like Baker. Now, I know I'm not taking a cheap shot at Baker, but, you know, I, I've not heard uh, too many too many love stories coming out of there. But anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. I want to go to, to both of you guys. I will start with AJ. Tell me what's going on with the Aussie guys. I know you guys have been coming off a holiday. I love how you guys call it a holiday. We just call it a vacation here in the States. <laughs> a, a holiday for us is Christmas, July 4th. But it's a holiday. It's a break for you guys over there. Uh, what's coming up with the Aussie guys? Well, the first thing that we uh, was talking to G about is just a recap of the season. So all our predictions, we'll Super Bowl predictions. So we'll be talking to you soon about that. And then it's going to be into scouting, which is good fun. I really love it. Uh, and but mind you, it's a lot of commitment. It's a lot of hours commitment. And I said to G this year, instead of us just like 
treading the same old ground. And and like frankly, G in terms of especially his wide receiver stuff, I think's got a much better eye than I do. But I but I've got a good eye for the defensive dudes. So I'm gonna look at all of those guys. G's gonna look at the offensive guys. So we're gonna have lots of pods and we'll get guests on to sort of chat to about all that. So that's that's what we've got coming up in the next months leading up to, you know, combine slash draft. Well, I'm really excited about it, and uh, I'll give G a minute to, to bring this thing home. But I, 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 I do I do want to credit G and guys like Nate Pilmer, my buddy at uh, Nathan underscore Pilmer. I mean, these are guys that I just call randomly, and, and we bounce these things off of, like the Kenyon Drake thing. That just came to my head as Nate and I were talking. G and I will talk, and, you know, find that person. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's more about texting. Uh, but sometimes it's just good just to, to talk things out. You can't always go to the bar and have a pint. Sometimes you have to just uh, sit back and talk football. So, G, thanks for being one of those two guys for me to uh, hey, no problems, to, to uh, help me think through and talk through the process. And, and what's going on with your process? Uh, my, I'm actually my, – uh, my process when I'm uh, at the moment is coming home, <laughs> having some dinner, uh, go to the gym, uh, get all that out of the way and then sit in front of my computer for the next three hours every night um, <laughs> pretty much and, and watching all these uh, watching all these rookies and I must admit I can't you can't you can't do it every night no um, but you enjoy it you wouldn't do oh, it I wouldn't do it yeah enjoy I enjoy it. it yeah 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 so yeah I'll, I'll do that like I said I'll start off with the wide receivers and I'll go running backs probably tight end and then quarterback because I've always found quarterback probably the hardest position. For for me, like mm. with wide receivers for us here in Australia, we play Aussie rules football, and I've always said that you know the, the whole sport is about catching a ball, you know, constantly. Yeah. For you know for two hours, so um, I, I find the wide receivers quite easy from that point of view. Where quarterbacks, we have nothing in this country that even comes close to, you know, <laughs> throwing, a, a ball. throwing a football and on what the process of that is, and you know your your footwork and 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 all that. So um, that's, that's why we're going at the moment, mate. So I'll just keep pushing through for the next couple of months until we yeah, have the combine. And, and then before the draft, we'll, we'll get out and even probably we'll probably keep continuing after the draft because, you know, then guys land in spots and you punch a hole in the wall or you, you get all excited and all of a sudden, you know, you get a bit of a hard on and you'll be the guy giving away good players and extra draft picks to get <laughs> what we spoke about before to get that that guy that you want and yeah. then you realize there's someone else you want as well and before you know it your 2021 draft picks are all gone and <laughs> so uh that, yeah. that, that's where we're at the moment mate well i love it and i was very excited to get you guys on we it I, I think that people should know how much work the three of us have to put in to do this because there's only a 13 hour time difference and some of us can't <laughs> tell time. So I, I really appreciate both <laughs> of you guys hopping on, making it. This is your Saturday as we record this early in midday for you guys. But thank you for coming on. And on behalf of AJ, on behalf of G, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh-huh.